0: You're listening to the E-Free Lethbridge Podcast. As you know, we're continuing, Ken said it, we're continuing our, our, our series on the seven I AM statements of Jesus. Our series is all about who Jesus claimed to be and what does that mean for us? Why I am and why seven. As Jer said last week, for Jesus to say, I am, it might be a little bit cryptic to us, but not for the Jewish audience that was at the time. See, God identified himself to Moses as who? The I am. Who I am. Furthermore, we read about seven I am statements in John. Again, this might be a little bit cryptic to us, but not to the readers of the first century. Seven is the number of completion. So I am is a reference to God. Seven is a reference to completion. What is the gospel of John showing us? Jesus is the complete revelation of God. If you want to know the character of God and who God is, Jesus says in John 3, verse 26, I am he. And today we're looking at Jesus' claim I am the bread of life. If you hear one thing from me this morning, here it is. Core to who Jesus is and what he came to do is simply this. Jesus came to satisfy and fill the hungry. Jesus came to satisfy and fill the hungry. Today, I believe that God continues to put a hunger in people that only he can satisfy. God continues to put a hunger in people that only He could satisfy. And I pray this morning that you would pay attention to that hunger because the Holy Spirit wants to get your attention. Because, friends, I think we know that we live in a hungry world. I think we could know this, we could see this. We live in a hungry world, people are longing to be filled. I remember reading this, that the new top prescribed drug on university campuses is no longer birth control, but depression and anxiety medication. Today, people in North America are living longer. Scientific advancement has given them better life. We are more comfortable than ever before. We are richer than ever before. Yet what we continue to hear is that young people are less optimistic than ever before. Young people are less satisfied in life than ever before. I don't think this is a surprise to us. People are hungry today. We live in a hungry world. But what gets my attention, what I see in my own life, is that we as the church, the people of God, you and, and me, can be just as hungry as the world. If Jesus is the bread of life, if you come to me, I will satisfy you. You will never thirst or hunger again. If if Jesus is the bread of life, then friends, I am a have person. I am a have person. That is my identity as a Christ follower. I am a have person. Why? Because I know the bread of life. And I put that in front of you to unsettle you a bit because we can't give what we don't have. And now more than ever, we as the people of God need to be filled and satisfied with the bread of life so that we could point and show the world who is hungry and who is in need, not what, but who they are longing for. Because the startling truth is this, church, and actually I'm going to call it a miracle. The startling miracle about Jesus' claim, I am the bread of life, that we continue to see today is the fact that a Christian living under persecution in Iran or Iraq can have a more filled and satisfying life than the richest 1% in North America. I've read about it. I've heard about it. And I simply put this in front of you. Only Jesus, only Jesus can do that. And Jesus does that because Jesus came to fill and satisfy the hungry. You know, i never forget when I encountered this miracle and it felt like it was for the first time all over again, I was interned at a church and I was helping lead our summer kids camp. And for six weeks, our church would be turned over for a community camp. Our church was located in a neighborhood with lots of government housing. And I can remember uh, going and knocking on doors and meeting families, inviting their kids out to camp. And I remember after camp, walking this one kid home And I remember watching him walk back into his apartment and there was these uh, tough guys, tough guys, tough guys sitting there and they were drinking and you you could see that this kid just kind of immediately went into a little bit of fear and intimidation and insecurity. His apartment wasn't in the best neighborhood. It was pretty run down. His parents weren't too involved. And I remember just simply being overwhelmed by the need. How do we get this kid healthy food? You know, how do we support this kid with an education? How do we get this kid better housing? How do we support mom and dad? All very important things, and we as a church should be in the business of that. But friends, I'll never forget that kid because when he came to camp, when he showed up every Thursday night throughout the room, I'll simply say this: that kid came alive. And it was like God almost stopped me just to show me, Luke, there is a bigger and deeper need in the human heart. And there's a need for me. Jesus said, he is the bread of life. And if that kid encountered that truth, the Bible says that he will no longer be thirsty or hungry again. Because Jesus came to fill and satisfy the hungry. When we come into John chapter six, we're going to see that the whole chapter is written to digest this claim. (laughs) Digest bread of life. The whole chapter six is written to digest this claim. I am the bread of life. But one thing that gets my attention is this. Look at John chapter six, verse two. Right at the beginning of the chapter. There was a huge crowd following him. There was a huge crowd following him. Verse five. Then Jesus saw another huge crowd coming to look for him. Huge crowd following him. Huge crowd coming to look for him. And then you flip to the end of the chapter, John chapter six, the bread chapter. John chapter six, verse 66. At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you going to leave me as well? This is a dramatic chapter. This is a a, a turning point in, in Jesus's ministry from huge crowds to a few dozen. Notice this, all this occurred because of one claim. I am the bread of life. And see, in making this claim, Jesus actually exposes three things to the people. He exposes their need, he exposes their desire, and he exposes their loyalty. Their need, their desire, and their loyalty. And in doing so, the people leave. Because Jesus wasn't who they expect or want. But that doesn't change who he is. As we come into our text today, we see that Jesus has been kind of following a pattern as he's been teaching about himself and what he came to do. Jesus has been grabbing attention of the people by getting their attention to a physical reality in order to teach them about a spiritual reality, right? John chapter two, Jesus changes water into wine, the physical, there's better and new wine, the spiritual. Hey, look guys, the old and the tradition that is being replaced by me. I am the new wine. I am bringing something new and better, John chapter 3, Jesus talks about being born again. He says this. He draws their attention to the physical. Humans can only reproduce humans. Gets their attention. Then he points them to the spiritual. Just like the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. John chapter 4, woman at the well. The story ends with a woman leaving her water jar, her physical source of life, in order to pursue her spiritual source of life. Jesus Christ. John chapter five, Jesus heals the paralyzed man. What is the spiritual point of this? Sin has paralyzed humanity, Jesus says. Sin is the perilous, to peril, can't say it. Sin has paralyzed us all and Jesus has come to deal with it. So then we come into John chapter six and really this is the setup now for Jesus' claim. And what's the setup? It's the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is gonna get the crowd's attention with the physical and then draw them into a spiritual truth and reality. And this is where we pick up our story. John 6, 25 to 26. 25, they found him on the other side of the lake and they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. Jesus doesn't answer their question, but he confronts them. You aren't seeking me because of the miraculous sign, but because I fed you. In other words, the miracle was done for a reason, it was a sign. You may know the story. Israel was in the wilderness after God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt. As the people begin to wonder if they are going to starve in this wilderness, God intervenes and bread falls from heaven. It was called manna. God provided for them. And every day for 40 years, bread would fall from heaven. Now fast forward a couple couple thousand years after the bread fell. People began predicting who and how the Messiah, God's promised Savior, would reveal himself to the world. What do they predict? He will bring with him bread from heaven. Manna. See, see, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000... Jesus isn't just doing this miracle just to do miracle, he is revealing his identity. And that's important for us to remember. Jesus came into the world, not just to do miracles for the sake of miracles, because if we think about that church, right? right if Jesus came and, and he healed and he, and he did a bunch of miracles, he'd be known by you know, a couple thousand people, which is, which is significant. But why we are talking about Jesus today is not because of the miracles. It's because of who the miracles pointed to, who he claimed to be. The feeding of the 5,000 was pointing to him as the bread of life, the God they've been longing for. And that's bigger news and more controversial news. And that's why we're still talking about Jesus today. So so Jesus starts off his conversation by confronting the people. You, you actually aren't concerned about who I am. You aren't actually concerned about what the miracle is, is pointing to. You're only concerned about what it can give you. We want the miracle, not the person. And see, already Jesus has exposed their desires. <laughs> we want the miracle. Already Jesus has exposed their desires. And before challenging them on their desire, he actually turns to expose their need. Verse 27, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Jesus is exposing their need. And and, and see this, their need is not just for food. Jesus is saying, actually, you got a greater need in your life and that's a need for eternal life. And that's what the Son of Man could give you. That's what I came for. Which begs the question, well, what is eternal life? John starts his gospel with this beautiful claim about Jesus. John chapter one, verse four. In him was life. In him was life. And we often equate eternal life to mean life after death. But what John continually shows us is that Jesus came not just to give you life after death, but indeed life before death. Because I think we all know that you can be physically alive, but spiritually dead. And what John has been revealing, and now what Jesus is revealing, is that really you can be living, but not fully alive. Eternal life, purposeful life, Joy, peace, being known and knowing others, meaningful, filled, satisfied life. And maybe it is easier for us to define it by what it isn't. Empty life. Dissatisfied. Living with lack of, I am a have not person. And Jesus calls it out. Jesus calls it out. You are unsatisfied and longing to be filled because you're consumed with the perishable and not with the unperishable. Notice Jesus isn't saying that the perishable doesn't matter. He filled their bellies. He provided for them. But now he is moving them away from the physical and to the spiritual. You have a deep hunger in your life for eternal life. It's remarkable. They say that back then, up to 85% of one's income went for food. 85% of their income went to food. See, John chapter 6, verse 14, it shows that the people knew the prophecy. They knew what this miracle was pointing to. The Messiah would bring bread. Imagine, friends, if somebody showed up to you and said, hey, I could supply you with 85% of your income (laughs) for the next 40 years. Oh man, I'm in. But that's Jesus' warning. You're so consumed with the perishable and that's not good. Friends, today we live in an abundance of the perishable and a scarcity of the imperishable. And what is the narrative that we continue to hear? Life is lacking. I'm dissatisfied. See, you see, Jesus here, he confronts them and he exposes their deeper need. Tim Keller writes this. A life illusion is the belief that some object or condition will finally bring you the satisfaction for which you long. The best way to realize that you are chasing a life illusion is by actually achieving your dreams. A life illusion is the belief that some object or condition will finally bring you the satisfaction for which you long. And the best way to realize that you have a life illusion is when you actually achieve your dreams. If you fill in the blank, I'd be satisfied and fulfilled if and fill out that object or that condition. And if you're like me, that blank is filled with the perishable more often than with the unperishable. We've ignored the need that Jesus has exposed. And the world cannot fill and satisfy what only Jesus has revealed himself able to fill and satisfy. Because Jesus came to fill and satisfy the hungry. So Jesus exposes their need, and then he exposes their desire. And we said this right off the top, right? Jesus confronts them and he says, You aren't interested in me. You aren't interested in what the miracle pointed to in reference to my identity. You only want what you can get from me. And now he challenges that desire. Verse 30 and 35. They answered him, show us the miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate the manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Let's go. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 34. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replies, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What does Jesus reveal? I didn't come to give you bread. I am the bread. I am the source. I am the sustainer of eternal life. And see, friends, the sin and the miss of my heart and the heart of these folks is thinking and living like Jesus exists to give me the desires of my heart. Just give me the bread. (laughs) It is idolatry. Because we are elevating something or someone above Jesus. When, when, When Jesus becomes simply useful to us. When Jesus becomes the means and not the end. I'll follow Jesus because I'll get the attention or, or, or the platform or the influence that I long for. Even we could say, I'll follow Jesus because when I follow Jesus, I'm going to be filled and I'm going to be satisfied. Your end goal is not Jesus your end goal is to be filled and satisfied. Jesus so easily becomes the means to my or your self-actualization. The means to achieve my goals and my ambitions and my dreams. The Bible says this is idolatry. It is sin and it's hijacking us from the eternal life that Jesus called us to. Why did the people leave? Because they wanted the bread, they didn't want him. And perhaps you're thinking, well, Luke, what about that verse that says, God gives you the desires of your heart? Does anybody know the first part of that verse? (laughs) And I had to look it up. I mean, that is quoted so often. I'm like, well, what is the beginning of that verse? I know the, the, the last part of it. And here it is, Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. See, see friend, Jesus came into the world to change your heart, to, 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 to change your desire. When you delight in God, your desire is met by God. Why? Because he is ultimately the one you desire. He is the bread. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like this it's like a treasure that's hidden in a field. And and when a man found this treasure, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and he bought that field. Friends, it sounds like this man got the desire of his heart. He sold everything and bought that field because his delight and his joy was found in that treasure, which is Jesus the King. Jesus is to be treasured. He is to be valued. He is to be sought after and pursued. Our first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And Jesus challenges these folks and he challenges us, are you in it for the bread or are you in it for me? And the reality is, like the crowd, many of us just want the bread. We want the miracle, we don't want the person. Worship team, you could uh, come on up as we close here. So church, Jesus has just exposed the need. I am all you need. Jesus has just exposed their desire. I am your heart's desire. What is Jesus saying here? I am everything you need. I am. And in doing so, What's he now exposing, friends? Their loyalty. He's exposing their loyalty. And most are out. He is not what I need. He is not what I desire. They are more committed to the perishable than to the imperishable. But then we read the last paragraph John 6, 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Loyalty exposed. They're in. The few are in. What is it that Peter and the few others got that the crowd missed? When you empty yourself of yourself, you make room to be filled and satisfied. <laughs> Where are we going to go, Lord? We, we left that for you. Where are we going to go? Jesus says, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Those who lose their life for my sake will what? Will gain it. Those who give up their lives will What? will find it because Jesus came to satisfy and fill the hungry. Those who give up their life, those who empty themselves, those who deny themselves, they will find eternal life. And as the crowd remained lacking and hungry, the disciples were learning and learned that in Jesus, indeed Jesus came to fill and satisfy the hungry. They found the treasure in the field. And they gave up their lives for him. Loyalty exposed. Are you willing to give up yourself for the sake of him and his kingdom? Loyalty exposed. How do we receive this bread of life? John 6 29 said it. The only work of God is this believe in his name. Let me pray for us, church. Lord God, I simply conclude by calling you to do what we asked you to do at the start of this message, that you would get our attention to the hunger in our lives. And God, I pray as we go from here and we consider it, Father God, that we would be willing to believe in the power of your name and the work that you want to do in and through our world, that you did come to fill and satisfy the hungry. I leave this work with you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the E-Free Lethbridge podcast. We'll see you next week.